The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I love this show. I have other radio shows, but I love this because I get to interview amazing authors who tell amazing stories, and today is, is no exception to that. I have uh, Martha Hall Kelly. She is the author of the New York Times bestselling novel, Lila Girls. And Martha worked as an advertising copy writer for many years. She raised three wonderful children, and Lilac Girls is her first novel. Now, it is actually, um, it's loosely based. Oh, well, it is, it is based on history. It's really historical. So this, these things did happen, but it, it's put in novel format. And Martha set to tell the world the story of Carolyn, Caroline Faraday and her rabbits, which is a powerful story. It's inspired by actual events. There was a New York debutante, Caroline Faraday, and she was an actress, a philanthropist, and she was working at the French consulate when World War II broke out. And this is about her story and her unwavering perseverance that ultimately brought 35 former prisoners um, of, of Ravensbrück back uh, to the United States for rehabilitation in 1959, and they were Polish Catholic female prisoners, and we'll talk about what happened to them. It's a tough story, but it's very inspirational what Caroline did. Welcome, Martha. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about, first let's go way back. How did you, first of all, even find out about Caroline Faraday's mission in, you know, in 1959? It was really just by uh, mistake. Uh, one gray Mother's Day, back around 2000, my mother had just passed away, and I was feeling blue, and my husband said, why don't you go up to that house? I was living in Fairfield, Connecticut at the time, and uh, the house that he was talking about was the Bellamy Faraday House, which is now a museum. After Caroline Faraday passed away, they, um, she left it to the Connecticut Landmarks, and it's a museum. And she had a fabulous garden full of specimen plants that she and her mother had collected from around the world, and uh, they loved lilacs, so I, and I do as well. So I had always wanted to see her garden, and May's the perfect time. And so he, t- he said, I'll take care of the kids, and you go up, and that's what I did. I, I went up to see the house, and... I hate to think what would have happened if I hadn't gone that day because it changed my life, but um, at the end of the tour, um, it lets out on a landing outside of Caroline's bedroom on the second floor, and Mm. you can see Caroline's desk just as she left it, and, you know, her big old manual typewriter that she wrote so many letters on to, um, you know, fight injustice in the world, and Mm. I was drawn to a small photograph of 35 middle-aged women, and I asked the guide, uh, who, 
who are those women? And she said, well, those are the rabbits, the so-called rabbits. Um, they were experimented on at Ravensburg concentration mm. camp just north mm. of uh, Berlin, and they were very young girls at the time. Um, the youngest was 14 when she was operated on. And Caroline, mm. after the war, when she found out from her French friends that had been in prisoners as well at Ravensburg and became friendly with the rabbits, um, she, when she found out that they were behind the Iron Curtain, um, had the ones that survived, because there were mm. 75 originally operated on, but mm. some were executed, and of course some died. Was, because, was this you know, Dr. Mengele's experiments? No. Uh, Mengele visited Ravensbrück on his way from Auschwitz at the very end of the war, but, but no, this was completely different. This was Karl Gebhardt and Himmler um, were trying to prove to Hitler that um, Karl Gebhardt acted correctly in not using sulfur drugs on um, Reinhard Heydrich, who had... Um, been murdered by um, Czech dissidents. So they were experiments to prove that sulfur drugs did not work. And they originally started them on male prisoners at um, Sachsenhausen, which is very close to Ravensbrück, and then they started doing the experiments on women. And um, they chose these specific women. They were uh, Catholic political prisoners from Lublin, Poland, and um, they were chosen, sadly, because they were so healthy. They were young girls that had just arrived mm-hmm. at the camp. So when I found out about that story and that Caroline brought these women to the United States in the 50s, she had to fight Russia. She had to fight to bring them out oh. from behind the Iron Curtain and from Poland at the time. And she brought them to the U.S., and it was a huge success. And America just rallied around these women. I thought, why does no one know about that story right about this. Now, now, I want to go back a little bit with you, Martha. One thing I'm a little confused about. So... What was the purpose then of doing these experiments? I mean, they weren't going to use sulfur drugs, but what were they trying to achieve? What were they trying to show? That's a great question. They were trying to prove to Hitler that uh, because Karl Gebhardt was very um, a young doctor that was um, had um, proven himself uh, was very famous for uh, rehabilitation uh, after the Olympics. And he was called in to kind of save the life of Reinhard Heydrich, who was the um, author of The Final Solution, one of um, Hitler's lieutenants. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but unfortunately for Gebhardt, he couldn't save um, uh, Reinhard Heydrich. So this friend of Hitler's died, and Hitler's doctor, uh, Morell, told Hitler that um, if only Gebhardt had used sulfur drugs, his friend would have lived. So Hitler was hopping mad, and Himmler came up with the idea, oh, we're going to prove to Hitler that sulfur drugs don't work. We're going to do these experiments on these young women. Uh, To do, to just show, oh, these were women, but they didn't have an illness. Oh, no. That, they, just the opposite. They were chosen because they were healthy. And what he did, what Gebhardt did was he opened their legs and inserted surgically the same types of things that had killed um, Heydrich, um, dirt, bacteria, oh. glass. And he sewed them back up, and then he used them as his little experimental. That's why they were called the rabbits, because they were their laboratory animals. Okay, and so then after he sewed them back up, what was he trying to prove? That he didn't need sulfur to cure them? Exactly. Well, he was trying to prove that sulfur drugs didn't work because Hitler was mad that he had not Got used it. sulfur drugs on okay. his friend. Okay. 
And so this whole thing was just to prove, to exonerate Gebhardt from, um, in Hitler's eyes. And so every girl that died, even though they gave them sulfur drugs, was proving to Hitler that sulfur drugs don't work. I see. I see. So, okay, so when they sewed them back up with the bacteria... What, what did they expect to happen? Oh, they want. Oh, I see. They were trying to show that they would live. Exactly. Now I'm getting well, it. Some what of them would saying? live. Well, they were hoping everyone that died was good for their cause because even though they, they used didn't give them sulfur, sulfur drugs, drugs, got it. it. It just proved that sulfur was ineffective, and they didn't all die when they used sulfur. You know, the sulfur drugs were somewhat oh. effective. It's just when you inject someone with, you know, it, it, you bacteria, know, it, they, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard to save them. Yeah, it's amazing to even get my head, wrap my head around all this. So let's know, move to the crazy. positive part of this. But I want you to make sure that I understood it for the listener, too, that these were, you know, just like animalistic, obviously, experiments. So these women were then affected, the ones who came over to the United States. What kind of treatment did they get here in this country? Well, they, uh, 35 came, and they all had different problems. Some had um, tuberculosis, some had heart problems. The, the vast majority of them still had many of um, some complications from the surgeries because when they um, were sewn up, a lot of that, uh, that material stayed in their legs, and it created uh-huh. tremendous problems, as you can imagine. Uh-huh. Some of them oh. couldn't walk. Um, uh-huh. The ones that were executed, some of them were carried to the shooting wall because they, they were fresh from their operation. So, oh. um, you know, it, they had horrible uh-huh. deformities. And um, Caroline brought um, the whole group, but four lucky women got to stay with her at her home in uh, Connecticut, and they became like daughters to her. In her last will and testament, she left them her most precious things, her beautiful jewelry and her um, oh. cross of Lorraine that she had been given by France. So they, they became like the daughters she never had. Mm. And the ones who lived with her then were rehabilitating as well as they could. Yes, they were helped tremendously, and all because Americans reached out. Um, at the time, $5,000, the amount of money that she raised um, with the help of Norman Cousins at the Saturday Review, $5,000 was a lot of money at the time, and it paid for a wonderful trip for the girls. I just, Mm -hmm. um, at the 70th anniversary of the liberation of Ravensbrook, I was lucky to meet two of the so-called rabbits, and it was just the most amazing thing to meet two of these women, and one of them had been on the trip with Caroline, and she Mm -hmm. said that it was just amazing, the outpouring of love from um, Americans, and it it changed their lives, really. Martha, I want to ask you something. This is is quite a loaded question, so be prepared, but it's a good one. Based on everything we know today, what's going on, you know, we're having our United States election soon, and I'm saying that because a lot of people will listen to this interview afterwards. And we've had so much unrest and so much back and forth, and it hasn't been a nice election. Based on that, and based on what you have gotten from this, I mean, this is another period in history, but it's a period of unrest. What is your takeaway from all of this that you feel brings us hope? Well, that is such a good question, and I keep thinking of the parallels every day when I look I at the coverage. Yeah. It's amazing. And one of the biggest things is, at the time, America was very isolationist, and I feel like that is true today. Um, it, they, they were 
they, the war was over at that point, and they just wanted to be left alone. They didn't want any more talk of a war. They didn't want um, refugees. They, they, you know, Catholics at the time were, you know, um, a lot of people still had a lot of prejudice against them. And it's just so inspiring that Caroline fought that. She not only fought the Russians, who didn't want these women leaving their country, leaving Poland was, you know, part of Russia at that point, but she had to fight them, and they bullied her, and she fought it, which is so inspiring. She just, she would not tolerate any anything that wasn't the right thing to do, and she really fought, and she wanted to get reparations for these women, and... When she reached out to the American people, what's so inspiring to me is the fact that they, there was such an outpouring of love and money and generosity from the American people to these Polish women who, you know, they didn't, the Americans didn't have to do that. So I, I love that part of the story, that everyone so, just kind of rallied around these women and so, right. they didn't want and to we go still, And we still see that today for many causes. Right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're talking more. It's fascinating. To Martha Hall Kelly about a novel that she's written called The Lilac Girls, and it is, it is based on the real-life story of a World War II heroine, and the heroine's name is Caroline Faraday, who actually saved or rehabilitated or helped rehabilitate a young, a young Polish group of Catholic female prisoners who were, um, who were basically mutilated by Nazi doctors and in concentration camps. And uh, it's, it's very inspiring. The story's tough, but it's very inspiring. We'll be back with Martha right after the break, right here on, on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Patricia Raskin. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show well hello everyone and welcome back to the second half of the of the first half hour of the Patricia Raskin Show. We are talking about an an amazing novel that's based on historical fact, and uh, it really focuses on the unsung heroes of the Holocaust. And Caroline Faraday's story, who was an actress, and we're going back to the the 50s, and actually before then. And, you know, in this tumultuous election year with debates of immigration boundaries and America's responsibilities abroad, this story can resonate with us as we face similar challenges and choices. Because instead of building a wall, the real-life real Caroline Faraday, she was a Broadway actress and a philanthropist, she reached across that post-war Soviet Iron Curtain, and she embraced foreigners that you know, wouldn't have had or been admitted into the country. So the person who's bringing all this to light is my guest, first-time author of a novel, Martha Hall Kelly. And it's a powerful debut novel. It's called Lilac Girls, and it made the New York Times bestseller list because, again, it was inspired by the wealthy New York socialite and her uh, Caroline Faraday, who, with her unwavering perseverance, that brought 35 former prisoners of Ravensbrück, all-female German concentration camp, to our country, to the United States, for rehabilitation in 1959. And uh, this bringing the rabbits here became Caroline's legacy and greatest accomplishment. Welcome back, Martha. Thank you. All right, so what I want to ask you is, we call them rabbits because with all these awful experiments, horrible, I should say, um, they hopped around like rabbits, but where does the word lilac girls come from? That that I'm wondering about. I can't <laughs> well, figure that one out. That's a little bit of a spoiler because um, you kind of have to... Uh, read the last part of the book, Um, but I can tell you. um, It takes place in Caroline's garden, a conversation where they talk about um, how Caroline's father always said that lilacs only bloom after a very difficult winter, and she makes a comparison to these women who have been through such a terrible ordeal, but they, it turns out that they overcome it and they can bloom as well. Well, I don't think that gives it away. I really do. Okay. Tell us, um, tell us more about your trip because you visited the concentration camps. You went to Caroline Faraday's home, correct? Well, originally that's how I found out about the story, and then I started going up to her house to um, research in her archives with no intention of writing anything, but just I was interested in the story. And she has three archives. One is in um, Nanterre, France. And the third one is at the U.S. Holocaust Museum. So I spent time in all three of those. Let me just ask you, she she passed, right? She had died before you. You never got to meet her. Unfortunately, yeah, she had already passed away, sadly. But she kept everything. So I was really fortunate. So I learned so much from her letters. I sat with, in France, I sat with um, a translator, and we... um, translated over 100, almost 100 letters of hers. And wow. a lot of the book scenes come from that, from those letters, because they were mm-hmm. amazing. She meets um, 
the Duchess of Windsor and asked her for money for the rabbits, and, um, you know, a lot of good stuff came from those those letters. You really but, should try to get this made into a movie. I think it could be amazing, because there's, <laughs> oh, there's so much in there. To God's ears. Yeah, yeah, I know, but there's a lot here, you know, there's a lot here in terms of inspiration. I mean, it's tough, obviously, in it, but it's, it's what you know, it's how we turn life around. In, well, in, in, I think it is an inspiring story, and um, even though it was from 1939 to 1959, uh, so much of it is still relevant today. And it's all about overcoming uh, difficulties in your life. And I don't know if it gets any more difficult than what these women went through. Um, and they, they got through it, and um, they're so, the two that I met at Ravensbrück were just the most positive, hopeful women I had to come home and rewrite the end of the book because I, I had the Polish character very angry. But once I met two of the rabbits, they were just like these angels that had forgiven. Were, I want to ask you, Martha, were any of the rabbits able to have children? Yes, you know yes, oh, they great. were. Um, Wonderful. Sadly, some of them were sterilized, so they didn't um, have that option. But um, yeah. a, a lot of them went on to have uh, husbands and children. And what what some people don't realize is um, a lot of them went to the camp. They were already doctors and nurses and teachers. And so that helped them a lot at the camp in terms of staying alive because they formed these camp families. And they they taught secret classes to one another. They had this whole really fascinating um, secret life uh, at the camp. Mm -hmm. And so you got to hear and, and, and learn about that. Are any of them still alive today? There are four still alive, and the two I, that I met at Ravensbrook are still alive. Um, one had gone to um, America with Caroline, and it was really interesting to talk to her about it, but she said, of anything, that's what made her the saddest. It would be, and I thought, and I talked to her about it through a translator, and I said, that was the hardest thing, coming back to Poland after being in the U.S. Yes. So she had been through, she yes. was the one that was 14 at the time of the experiments, and she was operated on four times. So to her, she said the hardest thing was to come home because everyone was so lovely to them, and they had to come back to Poland. Yeah, that's, I, I would imagine that would be very hard because it, you know, brings up all those memories, too. Which is, yeah, which is a but hard going one. back to Ravensbrück, they they said they have completely forgiven um, the people that did it to them because it was too painful for them to hold mm-hmm. on to the hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed other survivors who've written books who said that exact same thing. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, when I interviewed Raina Gellison, who's since passed, uh, she's the author or co-author, written through another woman uh, called Raina's Promise, and she, you know, when she had her children. She, you know, it was like a thank you to Hitler. Well, I did it. You know, I did it. I made it. So uh, she felt she felt grateful. Of course, it was awful what happened, and she escaped. And she was very lucky that she escaped without being, you know, maimed. But, um, you know, it was a gratitude in her heart that she was alive rather than uh-huh. bitterness. Yeah. That's so, so I think, then, yeah, it's important. So, which is great. What else would you like to tell us? I mean, I, I guess maybe... A better question than that one is, now that, you know, you've written this book, it's your first novel, it's gotten acclaim, you've been there, you've met the women, you never met Caroline, but you know her story pretty intimately, 
what have you gained in your own life? How has this helped you, uh, Martha? <laughs> that's such a great question. It has changed me in every way possible. But the best part is every day I get emails from people saying, thank you. Thank you for doing wow. this. It's helped me in my own life. Well, I got an email from one woman that said she lives in Newtown where the horrible school shooting happened, and this book helped her mm-hmm. get through that. And I just wow. thought, if I, I'm complete. I'm, I'm happy. Um, that I did, it made it all worthwhile. But I think the biggest way it's changed me is just soaking in Caroline. I've become much more, I'm just a very shy person historically, but now she has inspired me to do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise. I, I look for opportunities to help other people. Just And it sounds corny, but I've always wanted yeah. to do that. But she... After watching her actually do it, um, yeah. it, it helped me do that, and I, I love yeah. that. That's interesting, because I have found when I've been through some very rough periods, when I come out of them, you know, after I'm fearful and shaky and I come up through it, I'm stronger. I'm stronger yeah. in my purpose. I'm stronger in it's something you just said, you know, putting myself out there where, like, before this happened, I wouldn't have. I would have been shyer. Like yeah. going, no, I believe in this. I'm putting it out there, and yeah, and it does make a difference. It makes a difference in what, in how rich your life is, because yeah. you're taking more of a risk, but you're getting more back. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about positive risk here. Absolutely, so, yeah. and I think yeah, no, I understand that. In this kind of negative climate today, Ugh. with the election and everything, it's just, it's like a warm bath to go back and yeah. and read about what she did because she was always so positive and so helpful and she just did the right thing and and she didn't have to we need more of that I mean she was a successful actress in Europe she didn't have to do this and so I think that seemed really really special how can we get this book and how can we learn more about your work and are you writing another novel I am yes well first of all the book, Lilac Girls, is everywhere. Um, bookstores, Amazon, everywhere. And I, actually, it comes out in paperback in March, which is exciting. And my website, MarthaHallKelly.com, you can find out all sorts of backstory and pictures. And um, there's a book club page, because um, I've been talking to a lot of book clubs, because um, there's lots of good questions that we can dig into. And okay. in terms of the next book, I'm writing um, the prequel, which takes place in World War One, and focuses more on Caroline's mother. And that's based on fact as well. Yes. Based on fact. All right. Yes. And your website? That is MarthaHallKelly.com. MarthaHallKelly.com. Thank you so much, Martha, for being on the program. The book is Lilac Girls. It's a New York Times bestseller. Um, Pick it up. It really makes a difference about humanitarian efforts, how one person can help so many. Thank you. Stand on line for a minute, Martha. Thanks so much. All right, folks, that wraps up this first half. We'll be right back with another guest right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.